Yo, yo, yo! Episode 12. Can you believe it? We got an absolute banger for you today. You're listening to the All Day Every Day show with All Day AJ and Manny Ruffin, part of the Vendetta Sports Media Podcast Network for the very first time. Whoa, whoa, whoa. My name is Alex Jacobs, and what a debut show for Vendetta Sports Media. I mean, can I just can I just say that to start? We have our who 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 Vendetta who? Can I just say that to start? We have our new producer in the house with us today, Christian Lathrop. Really good to see you, and I hope you're ready for the ride, my friend. I hope you're ready. What's up? Absolutely, I'm ready to get this going, guys. Very excited to be here. Yeah, and I I could not do a show without my partner in crime. Manny Ruffin, what's up, sir? What's up? What's going on with Dude, you, Dude, big day. I'm How very been, excited. We, we really big, could big not day. ask for a better show today. We have, to kick things off, we have an exclusive interview with Deuces Rogers, who is the Action News Sports Director for 6ABC. And prior to this, he was working with ESPN as the host of SportsCenter and Outside the Lines. And then he also spent some time with first take as well so i mean when you talk about guys that are really those those are the types of guests that we really want guys that are in this field in the broadcasting industry let's put the athletes you know in in their own spectrum let's put the athletes over here for a second and we've been trying to focus on those industry professionals right manny so to have this is just we're so so fortunate for that and so that we'll have an exclusive interview with him and then we're going to get into some masters talk because hideki matsuyama Taking home the Masters history. The Masters never history for man. Japan. Never, ever history for Japan. And then speaking of history, we'll keep it with some history. The San Diego Padres and Joe Musgrove with the no no. So we'll get into that a little bit later. And I wanna I, I just wanna before we get Deuces in here, I know he's he's getting in the waiting room. We'll have him in just a few moments. For our vendetta viewers, our our, our viewers, our new listeners, welcome, welcome, welcome. It's so good to have you here. So great to be a part of this. Um, and we want to just get you in on a little giveaway that we've been doing because why not? Right, Manny? I know I've been saying we want to do this. So we started this giveaway back in February. It's on our Twitter and our Instagram. And all you have to do, all you have to do is tag a friend on the Instagram post. That's at ADEDpod. You can find it on there. And which it'll be on the story as well. It's like a story highlight. You'll see that right on the first part of the page. And on the Twitter, it's at ADED podcast. It's the pinned tweet. So you can go there. You can tag a friend on either or, and then just follow the account. Once the two accounts are at 200 followers, we'll do the giveaway. And the giveaway is a coldest water bottle and a $50 MBA Pro Shop gift card. Now, since we did this back in February, that was kind of like the, you know, I guess prime of the NBA season, you want to say maybe, Manny? Maybe a little bit. So... We're a little yeah. bit, uh, you know, obviously it's April 14th today, so that was almost two months ago. Listen, if you just get your butts on our right. social medias, completely give away, for the Pro Shop gift card, you can get your favorite player's jersey before the playoffs. But you have yeah, and you to have to follow, exactly. So what I'm saying is maybe we'll follow. switch it to MOB, to an MOB gift card, right. and we've been talking about that, but maybe right. we'll... We just hope it doesn't take till October, man. We oh, I know. It take that it, like, maybe, I maybe, maybe by by June or July, maybe heart of the summer, we can get it. And that's why I'm saying we'll go right to the MLB. So that's the plan for today. 
And I know Deuces Rogers is in this waiting room, so we're going to admit him here. Super excited for this. Here he comes as he connects to the audio. Super excited for this. I know there's a lot that uh, we're going to be talking about. I know we have a couple questions for him. So as he gets into this meeting, we can get things going. Oh, there he He's is. Here. Deuces Rogers. Hey, what's up, guys? Thank How you so you? much for your time what's today. How on? are you? Oh, my pleasure. Good. How are you guys doing? Oh, we're doing great now. You're here. We're good. Yeah, we're we. Good. I just want to, uh, you know, have a send out a huge shout out to Widen University. I know I'm repping my Widener right now, especially Dr. Angie Corbo for her efforts in making this all possible and getting me in contact with you. And I was just telling Manny, uh, this is my partner Manny and our producer Christian Lathrop. So we, uh, I was just telling them that this is kind of the guests that we really were looking forward to getting onto the show. It's those industry professionals, those guys, those role models, those mentors that have really been in this field, that have done it, that have gone through it. So to have this is really, really exciting for us. And I know that I, uh, I was in contact with Dr. Corbo about the questions that, I, that we wanted to ask you. And she was saying that, uh -huh. you know, I sent out a, a list of questions to her first because she wanted to just check them over. And those were like those general type questions, right? So, because you have that great affiliation with Widener communication students and broadcast students. So she was like, well, let's not ask those questions like, well, what did you do after school? Or what are maybe those things that, what's that one thing that got your foot in the door? Or, who, who are those connections that you had? Those broad questions. She was like, let's kind of stay away from this. So I know we sent you the questions, but hopefully they're maybe a little bit outside the box, give or take. So I want to... You can ask me anything. You guys can ask me anything. <laughs> so I want to start. I want to start with this here. Maybe what were some of the most memorable moments as a sports broadcaster for you? Most memorable moments. Um, I feel like there's there's a ton of them. Um, the ones that really stick out in my mind. Um, obviously, probably top of the list, the Eagles Super Bowl uh, after the 2017 season. Um, just talk about what a great ride. But it, the Super Bowl itself was awesome. But a moment that stands out for me during that season was actually the, um, the game against the Vikings at the link. Mm -hmm. um, we were on the field pregame, and they threw up that Meek Mill song. And I, the energy in the building, I'm getting chills right now. <laughs> I'm getting goosebumps right now to think about <gasps> The energy in the building. And the players were jumping up and down. Like, it felt like something was about to go down. I mean, it, it was <laughs> And I was like, and I remember looking at my, my partner, Jamie Apodi, and we looked at each other and we're like, there's no way the Eagles will lose this game. There's no way. And, and the bill, I mean, it was electric. But then if you remember, the, the Vikings scored first. Right. It was 7 nothing. And then, then we're like, ah. And then, the, you know, I think it ended up being like 52 to 7, something, cra you know, some crazy score. But like at that moment, that building, I'd never been in a building or at a setting. I mean, the players were feeling the music. I mean, they were, they were amped. It looked, like, it looked like a fight was about to go down. <laughs> And so that, that was one of those moments. And obviously at the Super Bowl was great. Um, when, the, when the clock, you know, struck zero after that failed Hail, Hail Mary attempt, I'm at, we're actually in a tunnel because we're waiting to go on in the field. Um, there's like one small monitor. We're trying to see what's going on. You can, and the monitor is delayed. So you can, you can hear and feel the, the stadium rumbling before you saw it on the TV screen. So you're not sure what, you know, was that a, a cheer because Brady completed the pass? You didn't know. And then we all realize it and we're, uh, there's a line of people waiting to go on the field and it's all the coaches' wives and a lot of players' wives. And to see them, they were crying. 
I mean, just like with the emotion, you know, forget, you know, obviously the players were ecstatic, but just to see these people who support them all throughout their lives to see that candid moment, you know, sure. and, and that player. was, that was really cool. That's one of those Villanova winning. Um, I was in San Antonio a couple of years ago when they won. That was cool. Um, yeah, I've been, I've been at some games. I was at a game, a, a, a game seven ALCS Yankees Red Sox where Aaron Boone hit a home run, mm-hmm. a walk-off home run to end it. Um, that was pretty cool. I was uh, David Tyree Super Bowl catch against helmet against the Patriots. Yep. You know, that was like 08, 08, I think 07, 08. I was at that. Um, so it's been, it's been a ton of, a ton of cool moments. Yeah, you, over it years. sounds like you've definitely been a part of countless of these. I couldn't even imagine. Yeah. That's right. yeah, crazy. It seems like you've seen it all, man. I mean, given your, given your track record, I feel like you've definitely covered some wild stories. I mean, you have to give us your least one, the one that sticks out the most in your mind, like the most unusual story you covered. Most unusual story. Um, that, that's a good one. Um, I'll say this, you know, you, you go in to be, to be a sportscaster and sometimes you cover things that aren't sports and, you know, sometimes it's, you know, something cool. Sometimes it's, it's, you know, something kind of, kind of weird. Um, when I was at ESPN, things were, because it, you know, ESPN's, you know, the Mecca of sports they say, but like, it's a lot of entertainment. And so yeah, I, I've interviewed Queen Latifah, Common, um, uh, they brought the the um, cast from uh, the A-Team movie. So Liam Neeson came in and I'm sitting on set. You know I mean, so that those are like unusual. You're just like, and it's funny because you interview athletes all the time. It's no big deal. But then like right. movie star comes in or a rapper comes in. You're like, oh, you know, you know, <laughs> you, know they, you know, like Ice Cube would roll through there. Or when I worked in New York, um, when I worked in New York, I worked at CBS in New York and we we're um, uh, in the same building as uh, BT 106 and Park. And, you know, Snoop Dogg's in the building or, or, or mm. Will Smith or, you know, and it's like, so those are kind of like unusual things. But one unusual thing that 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 was early on in my career, this is not a good story at all, but I was working in Miami. This is 1996. And Ray Lewis, the Hall of Fame yep, linebacker, yep. He, was, uh, he was at the University of Miami. His his college roommate was murdered. Right. Um, they found him murdered in an apartment. Um, a guy named Marlon Barnes. He and his girlfriend were were, were murdered, and the station sent me down there to go cover it. And I mean, like you know, so you're interviewing cops, trying to find family members, friends, and that was you know, like again, I you know, you think you're going in this, it's just going to be about you know, touchdowns, home runs, and, you know, covering championship parades, and now you're covering something that you know, that that has you know, that affects you know, families and things right. like that. And so that that's that's that was definitely. Very unusual. Um, yeah, this 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 it's, it's run the gamut um, of, of yeah, things I've covered. It even shows how clear your journey was. I mean, even like good dates back to 1996, the Ray Lewis Miami days, and like even that team and that time period. Like it, it shows how long you've been in this industry, what you've actually seen, which is which is awesome in itself. Well, it was just crazy, and I, I joke, um, like when when guys I've covered are now retiring. Right. I'm like, all right, man, I've been, I've been And then the guys I covered, their kids are in the league. So yeah. I, I, covered, I covered Tim Hardaway. I covered Tim Hardaway um, when he was the Miami Heat. Right. And now his son, Hardaway <laughs> Jr., is you know, going to the I'm like, I'm like I, remember, I, remember, I remember Hardaway Jr., you know, on the press conference, you know, Tim, Tim Hardaway would be up there and his kid's sitting there, you know, this kid, I don't know, time four or five, you know, he's sitting up on his lap and I'm like, this kid's an NBA player now. And That's like, awesome. That's it's like, awesome. It's like, wait, like I covered, I covered Tiger Woods when he was in college. I covered Peyton Manning when he was in college. You know, mm. Peyton Manning's already right. retired. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> you know, Ray Lewis, but you know, I, I, it's just, and it's just, I was at Ray Lewis's um, 
draft day. He was he had it at the um, now it's called Hard Rock Life Stadium, but it was Joe Robbie Stadium in, in Miami. Um, his agent was Drew Rosenhaus at the time, and I was sitting there with him. And you know, and he's out of the game now. It's just wow. and, yeah. So it's been a while. It's, it's crazy. It's just like what? Where haven't you been? Who haven't you seen? Right? Like. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, just in terms of all these athletes that you were mentioning, has there been an athlete that's really impressed you on and off of the field? Well, that's a good question. Um, <sighs> off the field, um, Ryan Howard is just. I mean, just. <laughs> just the sweetest man. I mean, just like the nicest, coolest dude you'll ever meet. Um, so we, you know, we've gotten to do some stuff with him off the field, like kind of like, you know, not baseball stories. You know, we, we went to, like, we test drove some fancy sports cars when he was looking for a sports car. You know, I've done some stuff where, you know, I kind of did like a typical day in the life with him, rolling around with him and in the spring training, we've done, done some stuff, but he, he's, I mean, I don't know if Ryan would call this the Copman or not, but he's like a, he's just like a big kid, man. He's a big kid, likes to have fun, a heart of gold. I remember we, we were, um, we were rolling down to the stadium. We, he came to the station and we were doing a story with him and, and I rode with him down to the stadium and, you know, cameras weren't on. It was just me in the car with him. And there was a, like a youth baseball league team out, you know, with the buckets trying to raise money to get uniforms and stuff and coaches out there and, you know, they, st- you know, Ryan rolled down the window. He's asked the coach a million, a million questions. And I don't think this coach realized who it was. Wow. And so Ryan's like, hey, what are you teaching kids? Blah, blah, blah. Ryan, you know, quiz. And Ryan gave, it was a lot of cash. It was a couple, it was a few hundred dollars that he pulled out and just, you know, didn't have to do it. And it was just like, it was just, just a cool dude. Um, Brandon Graham's another one. Um, mm-hmm. We did some stuff, with, you know, he was on our Sunday night show for a couple of years uh, at Fix ABC. Another guy just infectious smile i mean just a happy happy dude um feels like he never had a bad day you know i mean it's um so those are two guys like off the field that that really um really impressed me on the field um when i worked in new york um it would cover the yankees a lot and i would tell you this i wasn't i am so it's cool but it seemed like (laughs) (laughs) it seemed seemed like every time Derek jeter came up in a clutch spot you mean like oh he can't do it again he does it again I mean, it was just like, and you want to deny it. You could hate all you want. Exactly. But you're in a tough spot, you need a hit. You know what I mean? Or you need somebody to dive into the stands and catch a ball. I mean, it's just like, He's your the guy, guy was locked time. in. I, I, I never, an athlete like that, you know, that I got to see and cover up close in person was just, you know, especially in a game like baseball where, where you fail more times than you, you succeed. You know what I mean? You know, if you hit 300, that's considered good, but that means right. you you know, you failed seven out of 10 times, but he always in the big moments, always, always came up big. And he went out like no other baseball player in the history, man. Like Unreal. His, his career is insane. Um, one other question I had to ask is what was your most like exciting professional opportunity? Maybe it was a uh, appearance on the show. Maybe it was a story you got to cover. Like what's the one thing that got you really excited? Give you that feeling in your stomach. Like I really get to do this type of thing. Oh, <sighs> You know, it's funny. I, I was going to go a different way. But when you said the feeling in my stomach, now I'm going to go a completely <laughs> different way. I, um, so, you know, so I'm, you know, a sportscaster, mostly in the studio, sometimes covering games. Um, but my, one of my, on my bucket list was to do play-by-play. Mm-hmm. That was like on my bucket, bucket, bucket list. And I was at ESPN and I was there in a couple of years. And I wasn't terribly happy with the stuff I was doing. 
And I remember meeting with somebody and they're like, well, what would you want to do? And I was like, you know, I'd like want to do play by play. And they're like, well, have you tried to do play by play? And I'm like, I don't even know where to begin. They're like, well, go talk to this person, go talk to that person. And I went and next thing I know, it was like a few months later, I got a call like, Hey, we're going to send you to, uh, you're going to be one of the play by play announcers, TV play by play announcers for college baseball regionals, NCAA regionals. Okay. And, I was, and I had never, like I had done it in college. Like, you right. know what I mean, but you know, it's a little different. And I'm like, and so I remember I, they gave me a couple of days, just you pulled me off the air a couple of days. You just do research. And that's the cool thing about ESPN. They would, you know, whatever you needed to be successful, they would, you know, they had a you know, whole research department. I remember reaching out to Keith Law, got all these stats of all these players, flew down to Texas, uh, Corpus, we were in Corpus, oh no, College Station, where Texas A&M plays. And I did, I did seven baseball games in four days. Wow. And wow. it was, it was, it was awesome. It was awesome. And, and it's funny because, that first game, I can admit, the first game was a little rough, you know, because right. I hadn't had it in a long time. And then by that last game, I felt like I was in a groove. And I'm like, oh, there's no more games? <laughs> like, but it was, it was really cool. And I got to tell you a, a quick a funny story about that. So um, there's a guy named uh, John Shambi, uh, Boog Shambi. He's a play-by-play announcer. He just got the Cubs play-by-play job uh, for TV. But he used to be at ESPN for a long time. And uh, I've known him for, gosh, 20, 25 years during Miami days. But uh, before I did the uh, – the play-by-play, I kind of reached out to him. Hey, can you just walk me through this? What, you know, everybody's got a different system. What's their system? And met him for um, for drinks in uh, New York and kind of laid me through. And he, I remember he told me, he's like, you know, you, you need to, you know, before the game or, you know, reach out to the coaches, players, get some stories. He's like, because baseball is one of those things. There's a lot of dead time totally. between pitches. You know, for, football and basketball, it's almost constant action. You know, play-by-play says something. You know, pause, replay, analyst jumps in. It's almost a formula. Baseball is a, a unique game. And he's like, you're going to need some stories. And he told me, he goes, don't burn all your stories early. Because he's like, it's college baseball. You might get a game that's like 22 to 19. You know, some crazy four and a half, five hour game. All right. Had all my stories. And it was <laughs> like, it was like the third inning. And he was right. It was like, it was, it was already like 13 to eight in the third inning. This game's already, you know, three hours long already. And I looked down. And like I had all these like tidbits on all these players and I had checked off after, after I used them because you don't want to reuse them. And I looked down and I had no more stories. Left. <laughs> and I'm like, this is what he predicted. I mean, it was, it was a learning experience. And then you're leaning on your, your analyst to, you know, hopefully he did. Right. Tell me something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Very I was going to say, what, what um, happens? Like, what did you have to do in that moment? Because it's not like it stops. I mean, you're still there. Right. Right. You just, you just, you just try to fill as best you can. I, I will admit I had a pretty good analyst, a guy named Chris Burke. I uh, played for the Astros. Um, he was a legend um, in college at the university of Tennessee. And he had a lot more experience than I had in terms of, you know, being behind the mic um, then. And he, he carried me, he carried me. Another cool story. And this is going way off topic, but you want to talk about someone who knows the game well. And I feel like I, I grew up on baseball. So I feel like I know the game pretty well. We're doing this game, and this guy, the, the pitcher's, you know, throwing pitch after pitch, and his batter's filing it off. He must have fouled like six or seven balls in a row. Couldn't strike him out. And all of a sudden, the, um, the, man, the coach comes out mid-at-bat mid, mid at bat and goes up to the mound. And my analyst goes, oh, I think he's going to pull him here. I'm like, and you really, rarely ever see right. a manager or coach pull a pitcher mid-at-bat unless he's hurt. And I'm like, are you sure? He's like, yeah. He goes, he doesn't have a pitch to get him out. He's gonna, I bet you he's going to pull him out. Next thing you know, makes a single in the bullpen, pulls him out, and the guy wow. comes in, first pitch, first pitch strikes him out. And so the next day, you know, because it's like a regional, so the teams are still there, and it's like a series almost. 
And we see the coach and my analyst, Chris, walks up to the coach. He's like, hey, hey, you know, I forget the player's name, but hey, when you had Bobby in there, blah, 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 I saw you coming out. I knew you were, I had a funny feeling you're going to pull him mid at bat. And the coach goes, man, he didn't have a pitch to get him out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I'm like, so these are guys that played the game that just have, you know, they have an innate instinct about what's going on that, you know, someone like me who's close to the game but didn't play it at that level, there's things that they pick up that you don't pick up. But it was like, that's another thing where it taught me, trust your analysts. They know more right. than you It's do. like that little inside trading that they have that those former players right. have that we don't. Exactly. So, But uh, to get back to the cool experience, though, I did. I will tell you, the first answer I was going to give you was I got to go to Japan for seven days. Mm. Um, this is 2004. The Yankees played out there um, against the Rays. And uh, oh, wow. so they sent me out there. That was, that was awesome. That was a great experience. Yeah, so has there been a moment where – you knew that this industry was right for you. Maybe it's not an exact pinpoint time, but maybe there was some sequence of events where you know, where you just knew that this industry, broadcasting, journalism, sports, this was it for you. Yeah, and it probably happened in college, to be honest with you. Um, so I started off as an actuarial science major. So I was like a mathematics major. And then halfway through, I switched to broadcast journalism. And when I, um, so in school, I was learning it and I was like, I thought this is what I wanted to do. And then it wasn't until I was, became an intern at the local ABC station in Chicago and I got to see it firsthand. And I was like, wow. And they would take me out on stories with them. And I, you know, so I'm sitting, I'm standing there at the old Chicago stadium and, you know, you know, the Jordan Bulls are warming up, warming up and, you know, right next to me. And I'm like, wow. And then, you know, the sports guy there would let me uh, do some stand-ups, you know, for my reel, you know, my resume tape and just getting that rush and like, wow. And so that, that kind of got me like, this is what I wanted to do. And then when I first, you know, got my first on-air job and I was like, yeah, this, you know, I knew this is what I wanted to do, you know, for the rest right. of my life. Totally. All right. So I, I have one more question to kind of bring, bring you back in time. Um, what was like, when you say you're Ru Mount Rushmore of athletes growing up, like whose jerseys did you have? Whose posters did you have hanging up? Who'd you really look up to as an athlete growing up? So I grew up in Chicago um, and baseball was my first love. Um, so Ryan Sandberg was like number one for me, okay. uh, like number one. Like, and I played second base um, when I was in uh, you know, little league. So that was uh, Ryan Sandberg was up there. Um, Ricky Henderson. Um, mm -hmm. I remember Gotta be 1980, 1981. He broke the single season uh, stolen base record. It, it was 118 um, by Lou Brock. And he stole, he stole number 119. He stole second base. They stopped the game, a little celebration. Next pitch, stole third. And I'm like, I'm like, Ricky Henderson, that's my dude. So my Mount Rushmore, Ryan Sandberg, Ricky Henderson, um, Walter Payton, uh, okay. uh, Bears, uh, Bears running back, tough as nails. Um, I guess, you know, I guess Jordan, Jordan. I was, was, waiting I was, to hear. I was surprised I didn't hear you. Yeah, well, well, so Jordan came around. So again, baseball was my first love. Right. Um, Jordan came around, you know, 84, 85. You know, by that point, I was, you know, a little bit older. <laughs> <laughs> so I was born, in, uh, full disclosure, I was born in 73. So, you know, 85, Jordan, I'm 12. Um, so I guess Jordan, Jordan would be up there. I, I will say this. I got to appreciate his game and everything um, as I got older and I started getting more into basketball. I'm sorry. Right. So I put, you know, Henry, Ricky Henderson, Ryan Sandberg, Walter Payton, and, uh, and Michael Jordan. Those would be my, those would be my awesome. favorite. Awesome. And the, the last question that we have for you today is, so like you said, um, Chicago native, and you're here outside Philadelphia, in Philadelphia, um, covering Philadelphia sports teams. So 
Are you maybe like a Chicago fan? Like, does that rub you the wrong way that you have to cover the Phillies and the Sixers and all that? <laughs> That's a great, great, great question. Um, so I've moved a bit. You know, I started off in Chattanooga, Chattanooga, Tennessee, went to Miami, went to New York, went to ESPN, and now I'm here. It was a lot harder back then to stay in touch with your team because this is before the internet. You know what I mean? So you had to like go find the newspaper to find out what the Cubs did or stuff like that. So I kind of lost some of that. But when you get in this business, the, the easiest way I can explain it is you're not so much a fan of teams. You're a fan of people and players. And so I mentioned uh, Ryan Howard and I mentioned Brandon Graham. Those are two dudes that I, I, I love. And so Brandon Graham can get traded to the Patriots tomorrow and I'll still pull for him because right. I'm, you know what I mean? And that's not to say I'm not an Eagles fan and I don't want them to do well, because trust me, this town is so much better to just be around, be around people when our teams are doing well. (laughs) But you you, you kind of fall in love with the players and the people. And that 2017 Eagles team, that was a special team. And they had a lot of good dudes on that team. Um, There's trust me, there's been some other teams that I've covered that had some bad dudes on that team. where You're (laughs) like, you know, I don't like this guy at all. You know what I mean? yeah, when I first came here in 2012, the Eagles went four and t- four and twelve. It was Andy's last that year. Season, yep. there some, there's some some dudes on that team that were just not nice fellas. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, like I said, you become uh, fans of players. So I will I will admit when the Cubs won a couple years ago, it didn't feel the same way it would have had they won when I was a kid. But I was happy for my hometown, my friends back home. You know, I didn't think I'd ever see that in my lifetime. You know what I mean? They were you know the lovable <laughs> losers. But yeah, like I said, but the short answer is you become fans of, uh, of players and individuals like uh, like Villanova. I love because Jay Wright's like one of the greatest dudes you'll ever meet. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I pull for that. That's awesome. That's all the time we have for you today. Before you go, I want to get a picture uh, for 6ABC. Everybody cheese for 6ABC. Thank you, guys. Deuces, thank you so much. Your expertise, your knowledge. We really appreciate your time today. Be safe and be well. Cool. Anytime, guys. Anytime. Thanks. Good luck. Thank you so much. Thank you, Deuces. Thank you. That's awesome, guys. Deuces Rogers here. Cool, guys. Thank you so much, Deuces. Deuces. That's so awesome. That was so. That was so cool. Deuces Rogers. Six ABC Action News Sports Director. That was really cool. And some of those questions there. I mean. He said that he was that Chicago native. So that's one of the things like, I don't know, that was I think that was really cool for us to hear as we are sitting here covering those sports. Right. So we're we're sitting here covering those sports that we want to talk about. And to his point, I mean, I guess you can say you can't really be a fan as hard as it is. You don't want to come on. And they say that for the for play by play announcers, too. I mean, it's the same way you can't act like you want that team to win because you're calling the game on both sides. So that was really Tony. Yeah, so that was really cool to kind of see that. Um, So, I mean, obviously we have Masters and Hideki Matsuyama. We have Musgrove and the No-No. I want to shout out the Twitters from the show, like from before. You can follow us on the Twitter at A-D-E-D podcast and the Instagram as well at A-D-E-D pod. And if you want to follow us, you have our we have our producer first show for our new producer today at clethrope34 on Twitter, and my partner of course at Mukavelli and myself at all day aj twenty seven. 
So as we hit that 28-minute mark here, let's head over to the Masters. We did that show last week, and if you guys want to go check out our loser predictions, because we were completely, completely off. We were way in left field with those predictions. Uh, Hideki Matsuyama winning the Masters. That's not what we had at all. And Manny, I want to say this to you. We are... Uh, we, we were high on Brooks Koepka, even though he was going through the, the injury. And I liked Rory. I didn't take him, but I liked Rory. Spieth, obviously, hanging up there from the wind the week before. And, you know, finishing with that tied, tied for three, tied for third finish there for him at seven under. But, I mean, those guys that we really thought were going to do it, Morikawa as well, we were high on him as well. I mean, it was just weird. This is like, and didn't we, I felt like we said this. It's kind of like the Masters was kind of like, March Madness, right? I, I think I remember saying this because it's like you think all this is going to happen and then in the Masters it's the same way with, with March Madness. It just goes the opposite way. I wasn't personally, I was not picking Matsuyama at all. I don't, maybe a top 20 finish would the be boy, smart. The, but the, the, the boys just were not buzzing, man. The boys weren't buzzing. I was high on Tony Fiena. Yeah. That's my guy. Came out hot. I mean, this... One of the, there's a couple of really funny stories and some things that happened over the weekend that are just hilarious. I mean, you got you got Grayson the Chamber coming out saying this this course place is a par 70, 60, oh, 67 for me, I think he said. Shot yeah, like got killed. Got killed. Another one. Get him out. Get him out of here. Um, my guy Xander, one stroke behind Tiger Woods a couple years ago, has his chance again and and it shoots a six on 16. And oh my God. And the thing, the matches are so cool, right? Because we're following the whole weekend, and we, we come out, and we see Fiendas coming out hot. And then Justin Rose shoots at 65. I'm like, Jesus, like, holy smokes. Like, I, I guess so. I guess he's going to take it to the finish line. And the next day, Matsuyama comes out and shoots at 65. I'm like, Jesus, guys, 1100. <laughs> going to Sunday, it seems like no one's going to catch a decky. He puts the thing in the water. And and I feel like time, at least for me when I was watching, time yeah. just stopped. And I was like, here it is. Like, oh my, like Xander, like, let's go. Xander has a shot at the bunker, hits it nicely, finishes the whole comes up to 16 and just well uh, that's probably, even uh, even on the first tee when he hit that way right he was lucky to get away with that yeah, bogey and that yeah, car putt almost fell yeah. but how about you know with a four-stroke lead going into final round of the masters on sunday and how about happy gilmore's caddy wills alan torres <laughs> right right <laughs> And he he hung tight. I mean, he had the pressure on on those first couple holes. Birdie, birdie to start the day. And now with with the bogey on on one from Matsuyama, it was it was Matsuyama at at ten minus ten, and then Will Zalatoris at minus nine. And that's where it ended up finishing because of that water shot yeah. late in the day. So a young kid hanging tough in in the Masters. Hey, I mean, that's just Will Phil had a Will the thrill. He says. He um he I don't I don't know what exactly he shot, but the day that Justin Rose shot sixty five, Will was about two or three strokes behind. I'm not like, don't don't fact check me on this. I, I'm not hundred percent sure. But you're just kind of waiting because this happens every Masters. You know they have the amateur guy. He he has a nice little day one or day two. So you're just kind of waiting from the fade. Next time he plays Justin Rose, I'm checking out the round. He's playing just good golf. I'm just I'm hearing him when I watched on Thursday. They mentioned something about him that he he struggles with the putter and his putter is his weakness. And throughout the weekend, he's putting out of his mind. I mean, his, his game around the greens is, is, is excellent. He, he played, he played great golf all weekend. He's short in stature. He can drive with anyone. Kind of reminds me of you, Alex, a little, little key, a little bit. 
Um, but I, and then I think he finished in the top three in putting um, for the weekend. I mean, that's what he's doing in the match, and he struggles putting. I don't know. I mean, if he finished top ten, that's very good. So I was I was impressed by uh, by Zal Torres, man. I think we're going to see a yeah. lot from that kid. So unfortunately, we won't be able to see him in the FedEx Cup right. playoffs. I mean, but, but, but like, let's just think about this too. I mean, you think about the and they showed it on the screen during that during that uh, during the broadcast. The low amateur in 2011 at Augusta was Matsuyama, and then mm-hmm. ten years later, he's the first male Japanese golfer to win a major. I mean, it's just all, and I feel like we've been having these full circle moments, and like even if it's complete BS, right? Even if it's just like when we're talking about March Madness, we have these full circle moments, and here it is again, where we get 2011 low amateur, and then ten years later he wins it, first Japanese man to to win a major, crazy, and that's why I go back to the whole fact of you never know what's gonna happen because even if you pick, and we we went through a whole betting with this, right? We said. You know, pick your outrights and then double it down. And, like, the smart play would have been take Spieth after day two because you know he's still going to hang with him. Take Spieth for the weekend. Um, maybe even take Spieth after Thursday. And But let me um, say, I think we did mention, I, I may be wrong, but I feel like we did mention Justin Rose a little bit because this is how this this is how oh, this topic yeah. came up. I was like, oh. you remember – Justin Justin Rose burned because a hole in this my might pocket. be. He didn't he? We oh, even said yeah. we even said, oh, this might be like the Justin Rose year, and and no one's really thinking about Justin Rose, and he's the guy to bet on. It might be like that that sleeper guy, right? For like that's like that. Uh, I don't want to make it a, a big comparison to the to March Madness, but like that's like you know, um, I don't even. I'm trying to think. Maybe it was even San Diego State because I mean they were high on them in West Virginia. Maybe they lose just something a comparison like that. Where you think that it's going to go this way, and then Justin Rose just comes up, and I, and I remember even saying, "I'm not taking him, no," even though he's one of those guys that can totally hang tough, and then right. he's leading by this and that after the first day, and then I mean, you talk about a fold, a sell, whatever you want to call it, that was Justin Rose right there. But also, like the reason why people probably were smart and saying, you know what? Well, I guess I should, say dumb, I should say dumb in this sense. Maybe they were like, well, he's seven under. I'll just, I'll, I'll, I'll double down on, on Rose. Or even if I didn't take him as not right, I'll take him, I'll take him right now. Who's ever leading after day one is not going to be winning on Sunday. It's just not, it's not going to work like that. So you just never know how it's going to play out. But just a huge congratulations to Matsuyama. Yo. One of the cool things about uh, Hideki, you mentioned he came through the yep. low amateur route. They were saying that's going to be really huge for future Japan and Latin American players because they had that same route, and you might see more players pop up from that from that kind of um, that kind of route. Um, which which is big for the game of golf. I mean, right. it's the more the more faces that are out there playing that, it, it's a game that I feel like any anybody could really pick up and become great at if you just constantly and- play it. So just. More players that that see people like them succeed totally. in the game of golf is going to help grow. And the game. I um, I, think gonna... I don't know if you saw this tweet, but it was when uh, he was flying back to Japan after, and it was a picture of him in the terminal, and he was just sitting by himself mm-hmm. on the chair, and he had the green jacket draped over the chair next to him. Back to work. That's like what what one of the tweets said. It was like right. back to work. You know, it's wins the right. Masters on Sunday. And either it was either Sunday night or, or Monday morning. Sunday and night. It was, it was, it was, it was, no, nah, it was Monday morning. So it was yeah. 45. And it's like, up. Yeah. doesn't phase him. Back to work. Wins Masters. Again, right. first I mean, Japanese male I, to get that. I, I love it, though. It shows, 
is no one for him here to celebrate with. He's going back right. to Tokyo. I mean, I understand that, but you know how humble, you know how humble he looks by doing that. Absolutely. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So, just absolutely. A, a huge congratulations and there. Definitely, and definitely, what, definitely. What right, I mean, trash. well, totally. But that's, we'll let him do that with the fam, and <laughs> not maybe not here. But uh, you know, the the <laughs> golf world moves on, and Masters is over. It's not like it's not again. We back to this March Madness stuff because <laughs> we were so big. We we did like three shows on March Madness for all our you know Vendetta guys. We did three shows on this, so we cover this for a lot. So back to this March Madness, it's like that's gone for another year. Well. <laughs> they're playing again this weekend right. so <laughs> see you there <laughs> right? right so right. huge congratulations once again to Hideki Matsuyama and we will go now because I want to get some thoughts here as we have this discussion on Joe Musgrove and the San Diego Padres we will have some thoughts here from our producer <laughs> on what that means so let's just go over it I mean this no-no for the San Diego Padres the first in their 52-year history what what I didn't see this happening. Crazy stuff. Crazy like, stuff. Crazy stuff. No, I definitely didn't see it happening either, especially not from, you know, Joe Musgrove on that on that rotation. I mean, that, that rotation's got two names that are even bigger. So you would expect it out of them, not him. But, you know, hats off to anybody who throws a no-hitter. Um, I mean, if you look, you know, his stats, he hasn't given up a single run in two games, which is, you know, undeniable from, from those, you know, right. those stats. Um, I'm just not always so high on giving people praise after one no hitter. I think that a no hitter is great, but I think, I think a Cy Young looks even better. So that's just my take on it. I'm, I'm curious to see what you yeah, guys I mean, got to say. 112 pitches, 10 strikeouts, gets the job done. I mean, and that just goes to the back to the point that everybody thought, oh, uh, when we think about San Diego pitching, it's Darvish and Snell. Now we have this guy. Now we have this guy. So it's right. just more more of a dominant standpoint from what the Padres are actually capable of this season. Um, yeah. Musgrove, he, he's been <laughs> sneaky good lately. Not even just his first two starts. His 30, he has a 31 scores inning streak, and that dates back to his time in Pittsburgh. So he's he's been heating up. Um, I, I, I think it's honestly like, whether you think Joe Musgrove is a good pitcher or you think he's not a good pitcher, I personally think he's a good pitcher. I, I would take him easily in my number three in rotation. I don't know. We would just say 26, maybe 27 teams in the league. Like a lot of teams in the league take him as number three. 100%. The, the story is, is, is to me, is cooler, though. Hometown kid, grew up in San Diego, does gets the first no-no for his hometown team, which he's seen 31 hitters <laughs> in that team's organization lifetime. Um, really cool to see. They're already uh, painting a mural at his high school of Joe Musgrove. Um, there was a, there was an interview with his mom. They stay on a cafe in San Diego. They see, they've seen a record amount of uh, customers since he threw it. I mean, just, just things that are like really cool to see that happen in sports just because of one no hitter, um, which that really honestly stood out to yeah, me. I mean, you mentioned that, that, you know, he was part of Pittsburgh too. Well, back in 2018, that was the trade that sent uh, the boy. Cause again, I'm a Yankees guy, Garrett Cole over to Houston. So, he said, nice, nice. I mean, I had to throw that in there. So. Um, but, yeah, just like we – it's crazy how we have – can we just name – we like the name of the show, obviously it's going to be Deuces Rogers, but the name of the show should just be History, right? Because we have history for the show, right? A lot of it. <laughs> First one for Vendetta, and then we get this, and then we have history for Matsuyama, and then we have history for Padres. I mean, it's just – And history – 
History for Victor Caratini, he, he caught the last two <laughs> hitters on two different teams. Like, yo, like, bro. That's crazy. That <laughs> That's is insane. so crazy. And it was Alec Mills and Joe Musgrove. Who would have thought? <laughs> Get out of here. Get out of here, bro. Can't uh, forget, man. though, Padres 8-4 and four right now. They, they yeah. had high expectations coming into the season, and – you know, they're living up to it in my eyes right now. We'll see how that yeah. continues. That of division, I mean, the Giants are looking good too. No, not good, yep. not looking bad. Not division. I thought it was gonna be a two head uh two head race, but the Giants are kind of yeah, looking tough. Yeah, it's just uh you know, I, I didn't think that we would be talking about a no hitter from a team that hasn't got one in fifty two years. And then, you know, to put that in perspective, now we're talking about just another like I said, the other crazy thing is just first Japanese male to win a major. It's just we we couldn't have had a better opportunity of of things to discuss on top of deuces. So that is our new producer, Christian Lathrop. You can follow him on Twitter at clathrop34. My partner, of course, at Mukavelli Manny Ruffin, and myself, Alex Jacobs at All Day AJ27. And from earlier, again, this is our first show with Vendetta Sports Media. Super, super excited for that and the things that we are able to do with them, the opportunities that that we can get from them, the doors that this opens. It's just another stepping stone, another block that we can put on our path, Manny, and just keep on going, keep on going. Now we have another team here, part of this team, and we have another member of this crew with Christian. So there's so many things that we can do with this. You can follow us on the Twitter for the show, which is at ADED Podcast. So, and for our new viewers as well, new listeners as well, posting some some other different types of content on there versus the Instagram, which is at ADED Pod. Those are on Instagram, they're mostly the clips. So if you want to see what we're looking like, obviously this is going to be posted on the Vendetta uh, YouTube, but if you want to see just some, some short clips of us, during the show, definitely head over to the Instagram. If you want to just see some stat-wise stuff, regular Twitter content there, then head over to the Twitter. It's because it's different type content. You can also follow us on the Facebook page, which is simply the name of the show. And that's again, will be kind of different type stuff. You'll mainly see some of the stuff from the Instagram, but definitely um, some cool content on all three of those platforms. We're everywhere. We're trying to just grow and grow and grow every single day. Thank you so much for this first show with Vendetta Sports Media. My name is Alex Jacobs, but you can call me all day, AJ. Peace.